Hi, I'm Carla Wainwright. And I'm Little Leah. And welcome to the Radical Sex Witches podcast, where we explore the themes of sexuality, feminism, consciousness, love, healing, ritual, magic, and all things witchy and wonderful. Hello, all you fabulous feminists, and welcome to another episode of the Radical Sex Witches. I'm that bitch, Little Leah. And with me over here is this bitch, Carla Wainwright. Boop, boop. Hey, Leah, how's it going? <laughs> Good. I don't think that people realize that we probably record these shows back to back. So I'm still like living on the high of last week's previous episode of Yay Old Sex Slang. But now we're going to be getting pretty serious. But before we dive into that, let's remind our listeners that we have another listener-inspired episodes. Episode. La, 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 la. And it's confessions, just straight up confessions. Doesn't matter who you are, what you want to say. We want you to confess, confess. There'll be a link in the show notes with a Google doc where you can anonymously slip in your confessions. We'll read them on air and it's due April 22nd. Yeah, I'm very excited. (laughs) Yeah. Shock us, people. Shock us. We ask for it now, but we could end that episode crying and really fucking hating people. But we'll see what happens. I'm willing to roll the dice. (laughs) (laughs) So again, as I just mentioned a minute ago, we have a more serious topic today for you. Internalized misogyny. While we like to think that we view everyone equally, the reality is that internalized misogyny sits somewhere in most of us. Internalized misogyny is when women subconsciously project sexist ideas onto other women and even onto themselves. So Susanna Weiss says, internalized misogyny does not refer outright to a belief in the inferiority of women. It refers to the byproducts of the societal view that causes women to shame, doubt, and undervalue themselves and others of their gender. So we see women being degraded subtly in our everyday lives, especially in the media. But we're often less likely to catch ourselves with our thoughts and our projections. How true. So today's episode is unpacking this topic and helping to empower you to be more kind to yourself and to other women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be so difficult to identify internalized misogyny. So as independent as we think we might be, we have so many preconceived notions about how a woman should exist. And all of this comes from, you know, society, how our parents raised us, school, all of these things, and also gender norms. And we we talked a lot about this in episode 64 of the Women's Union, but I think it's really worthwhile revisiting because this is so insidious in our culture. Mm -hmm. And it's important to be conscious of it because when we're conscious of our thoughts and ideas, um, not only about how they relate to other women, but in regards to ourselves, we can actually start to make a shift. And so, you know, I know we both believe empowered women empower women. Absolutely. And you know what? Just a side thought here. Like you probably don't realize, Carla, but I referenced the women's union probably more than anything that we've ever talked about in all of Mm. our shows. I bring it up all the time. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Um, So let's start with some of the signs that we can watch out for. The first one is telling ourselves that, in quotation marks, I'm not like the other girls. This includes behaviors like differentiating yourself from other women as if they are just one giant uniform group. 
or falling into the guy's girl trap or trash talking women in the company of male friends. And so I just brought this up to Carla before there is a very relevant um, term that's being thrown around right now called the pick me girl. And how that kind of works is like, you know, she's siding with these misogynistic uh, views in attempts to like getting attention from the male gaze. Uh, It actually really bothers me that term, the pick me girl, um, because kind of by labeling it like it is it's assisting it's assisting it to like what we're talking about this internalized misogyny. Like I don't I really just that term just really turns me off. Yeah, absolutely. That just actually brings me back to uh, <laughs> uh, nightmares from gym class. Pick me, pick me. <laughs> oh, always the but last anyway. one on the dodgeball team. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think this whole thing, like I'm not like the other girls, that starts really young. Like it starts probably in in high school or maybe even a little bit earlier where, mm-hmm. where um, some girls just really feel like they have to they have to play into this expectation of like, well, some girls are like this, but you know, I'm different and that's better somehow. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it's, it's unfortunate for sure. And, uh, and, you know, as you said, it basically separates you from, from women as if they're just like this giant one, one dimensional group that they don't, you know, that there's no nuance or that, you know, women of course express themselves in so many different ways and ways of being, but it's like, yeah, no, I'm not like that. Yeah. Yeah. This whole conversation is this my, my brains and Twitter and the shit that I read there constantly every single day. Anyways, carry on. (laughs) Okay. So another sign of this, of internalized misogyny is really feeling bad about your physical appearance or grooming. We've all done this. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, amazing. I Lucky celebrate you. Get, tell us yeah, your secrets. Exactly. I celebrate you hard, but uh, that's not been the case in my life. That's for sure. So this is a really huge one. So talking badly about parts of your physical appearance, which we do to ourselves and then also to others, you know, like how we'll be, um, is it called self-depreciating? Like just, oh yeah, like I hate this about myself or just mm-hmm. bad talking yourself out loud. Mm-hmm. And um you know, taking steps to change your body so it fits into a societal ideal rather than just doing it because it comes from a place of really feeling good or beneficial mm-hmm. for your health or things That's like right. that. That's um, right. Another one is feeling ashamed about pubic hair, even oh though it's God. a natural part of being an adult or not even like pu- like just like underarm hair or hair on your legs and how somehow like if you have that, then you're less of a woman or yeah, you get become. I I can't wait till, I don't know. It's been around for a long time now, but I can't wait until porn is over. It's bare baby vulva, but it's been around for fucking ever. Like that just seems like too much fucking work, man. Uh, Carla and I went out to burlesque (laughs) a couple weeks ago and I was like, Hey, remember when we went out for Halloween? (laughs) I haven't shaved my legs since then. Me neither. (laughs) I'm wearing tights right now out of my own hair. (laughs) (laughs) So like, I love that we're just laughing about it and it's actually not a big deal for us, but for a lot of women, it really is. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to get into a shame spiral about our body image because of the projections that are put on us. And I just really encourage, like if, if you're noticing that you just, 
your physical appearance, you're kind of obsessed and and having such a negative shame spiral in your mind. Um, Yeah. To just get support for that, because it can be really hard to break, break those insidious thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Comparison is uh, also a sign of internalized misogyny. So comparing yourself to other people in your life is in some ways natural, but if you find yourself doing it constantly, especially with other women in a way that makes you feel inferior, it can be very damaging. So patriarchal ideals tell women that they are not enough and need to compete for a man's attention to be considered worthy. Of course, everyone's unique and there's no reason to feel competitive with other women there's room for all of us. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that you, comparison thing. Sorry, what were you going to say? No. Well, I was going to say, do you compare yourself to others ever? Because I don't really think that I do. Yeah, I I, I know we talked about this in the women's union. Uh, I think way much less so oh, than I did. Yes. Like when I was a young person and was a teenager, right. I was just what oh, I was yeah, going to say is that this really starts to become a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. you know, as you start to enter puberty or right. tweens and things like that. And it can, yeah, if you can't, if you don't catch it, that comparison thing can just be so destructive. Absolutely. Always yeah. being like trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. So yeah. I probably did that as a teen too, but as an adult, like I just, whatever is what it is, man. I'm this magical package of bitch in front of you. Awesomeness. <laughs> Bitchy awesomeness. <laughs> okay, so another sign here is relying on gender stereotypes. So stereotypes really, they're like so reductionist and they limit the expression that really puts people at odds with their authenticity. So, and we do it with the hopes of being more socially acceptable, right? So there's a few I'll just list that that we all probably are pretty aware of. So Pink is for girls, boys uh, get blue. Girls should play with dolls and other girl toys and boys should play with cars and boy toys. (laughs) Boy toys. (laughs) You know which kind of boy toy toy I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Here's one. Men are naturally more sexual than women. Oh, God. Bullshit. Bullshit. Girls are bad at math. Another one. Not true. I am personally bad at math, but there are some brilliant female minds out there that can get out of me and everybody else on this planet. Yeah. We're not all good at everything, but yeah, just this kind of stereotype that girls are bad at math. Uh, Women should stay in the kitchen, take care of the kids while men men bring home the money. Uh, Yep. Women are more emotional than men, especially during their periods, you know? Yeah. Yes. But we still like you can see, even though things have changed so much for women, and in many ways we are afforded more equality, there's still so much left to these. These things are quite insidious, I, I think, that they they mm-hmm. still show up. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> if I had a kid and let's say it was a boy and they wanted to play with Barbies, go for it. Some yeah. of my best childhood memories was making Ken and Barbie fuck in the closet of my bedroom. So <laughs> I have questions, but I'm going to leave them for now. 
Okay. <laughs> we can revisit it at the end of the episode because everyone's like, I want to know now too. Anyways, internalized misogyny shows up as hiding parts of yourself as well, like hiding your intelligence or keeping your mouth shut when talking to men, being worried about out- outperforming a man that will affect his self-esteem. And basically, if you've ever felt like there is an aspect of your personality that you can't share because of a man, it's likely due to a form of internalized misogyny. Yeah. I don't know. I thought thought about this one. I I don't really feel like I do that, but maybe unknowingly. I think we probably do it unknowingly. And maybe it might not be in a situation where it's in reference to a man. But when we're around certain family members, friends, et cetera, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are specific ways that we edit ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Then we have slut shaming and judging other women. So shaming women for their sexual preferences or, or their sexual history is really one of the biggest ways internalized misogyny still manifests Mm -hmm. in our society. So of course we know that no one's sexual choices are anyone's business, no matter how many people you've slept with, it's really nobody's business and in no way a, a value judgment on who you are as a person. And The other piece to this is that victim blaming can also be an insidious neighbor to slut shaming. Um, And it isn't just slut shaming and victim blaming, like judging other women based on what they look like or their style choices. This is also um, internalized misogyny. So, you know, the invitation is really to notice if you're projecting these expectations from society onto a woman and her choices, like everyone should wear and just do what they're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And the only reason others feel the need to take issue with it is because misogyny has really left women with such a narrow window of what's acceptable. And it's still happening. Um, Again, I literally, I'm only ever talking about Twitter or TikTok, but uh, what I was thinking about, about the slut shaming really prevalent right now is like, I've talked about the bro culture that's been erupting online quite a few times on in our episodes but right now the big hot hot number or the hot ticket item to talk about for this bro culture is knowing what your woman's number is like how many people she's fucked and the value of her depending on how many women she has fucked has drastically gone downhill as wow. being a bankable woman to marry and have your fucking children i've seen this so much lately it just it blows my mind and then too talking about like letting people want to wear what they want to wear there are still comments for people for women that have been raped where someone will first say in the comments well what was she wearing are you fucking kidding me it's 2023 well, by by your daughter wearing this bathing suit my toddler is going to grow up to be a rapist are you fucking that was a video I watched of a stupid fucking bitch on the beach bitching out this and this girl the girl in her bathing suit was like 10 years old and it was just a bathing suit and this other woman with the four-year-old male toddler went off on the woman with this daughter being and actually said like by him seeing that he will be a rapist there's so many problems with that I can't oh yeah Wow. Oh, yeah. 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 This is just, oh, it's so sad. It's so sad. And I know we're continually pushing these boundaries of what's acceptable, but we're still, there's such a narrow confine, 
you know, overall in terms of what it's okay for women to do and be and choose and all of these pieces. And um, yeah. And, I, and, you know, it's interesting, like, I wonder too, whether, you know, maybe you, Leah, or just our listeners, whether you've also even had that internal conversation with yourself, like you choose to put on something that makes you feel like super sexy and, you know, but then you think like, oh, well, what are other people going to think? Or will this look like blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I think that can also enter mm-hmm. because it doesn't feel necessarily safe to, to just yeah. do whatever you want to do. Oh yeah. To feel safe. Absolutely. I, I have told this story before and like, I don't know, like a year or two ago, but the only time that I ever really questioned what I was wearing was at a nerd convention with my Elvira dress and on her boob, like on the boobs, it's her eyes because you know, like Elvira's tits are massive, but I've never felt so violated ever. Like literally every male geek that I walked past in this comic expo looked at my tits and I just felt like, and that had never happened to me before. And it's, it hasn't happened to me since, mm-hmm. but I, I immediately right there made the decision never to wear a low cut something in one of these situations again. Like it blew me away every, from walking from one end of the arena to the other, every single man that went by looked at my tits and I just felt like nothing. Mm. And that's the only time I've really questioned about what I was wearing. And I wore it because it's cute. It's a nerd convention. I'm covered in Elvira comics, like from, you know, head to toe. I shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Do better, everybody. Let people be who they want to be. If they're not, you know, harming you in your everyday life, maybe you should shut the fuck up and be supportive. If you, if you, if you can't be supportive, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. hundred percent. And, you know, so I guess one of the last things I want to leave everyone with is as you've listened to this, you may have kind of had a few things ping for you. Like, oh, actually, you know what, if I'm honest with myself, I do do that. Mm-hmm. And that comes up for me. And just, first of all, to normalize that we all do this, right? Yeah. This, our society needs to change radically for this to just not even be a part of the conversation anymore. So the first thing is to recognize like, you're just like everyone else. We are struggling with that internalized misogyny. So don't be too hard on yourself, you know, give yourself a little bit of forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And then the first step to making that shift is just to start noticing when that, when that script is going through your mind, whether you're judging yourself or another woman, it's like noticing it and being like, Oh wait, that's happening. Take a Mm -hmm. breath. And then choose something else to say, like mm-hmm. choose the opposite, choose something that is life affirming, empowering, like really lifts women up. And then there's like a whole piece of neurobiology there that like, if we catch it and we start to consciously choose something else, that's how we change that script. Mm-hmm. And then that changes how we behave. That change that changes everything. Yeah. But you got to practice it. It's not, you got to do it. Gonna, yeah. You got to do And I'm it, guilty you know? of it. There's moments that I know that I am participating in it as much as I don't want to admit it. But like even this discussion, I'm like, oh, yeah, just like you said. Oh, ping, ping, ping. Yep. And I don't feel good about it. And I'm usually doing it when it's someone that has pissed me off. And so the narrative in my head for them changes. And I'll be like, 
man, can she post her tits again? And I fucking love tits. You guys all know I love tits, but here I am in my brain being like, you know, leveraging my internalized misogyny because I'm mad at this person. And I'm like, all of a sudden making fun of tits and I shouldn't, and I should shut the fuck up. I don't know. Are there any examples for you that you can. Um, yeah, I definitely, well, I think that um, just the physical appearance piece is really, that's pretty prominent for myself. And then, you know, probably like you, when someone pisses you off, after, yeah, yeah. you know, then there'll be some kind of, or I'll look at something with judgment and I have to catch myself mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, like they're, they're for sure. And the stuff we've talked about, there's things that I know I can definitely do better. And so I just want to reemphasize don't don't make this a thing to feel guilty about. Let no. it be empowering. You have the the capacity to make a different choice. So just notice and just make a different choice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guess what? Next time on the Radical Sex Witches, it's a surprise that we don't even know about yet because we haven't thought that far. <laughs> <laughs> Our brains are fried after talking about internalized misogyny. So. <laughs> Uh, anyways, that was a really good chat. I hope that you took something away with, uh, from it. If you want to talk more, drop us a line. That's right. Follow us on our Instagram. Leave us a review. I know we ask a lot of you lovely listeners, but please, please, please help us out. Yeah. It does make a big difference. Absolutely. Anyways, I am Lydia. And I am Carla. We are the Radical Sex Witches, and we'll see you next time. Hello, witchy listener. It's Carla here. If you're feeling disconnected from pleasure and unfulfilled in life, reach out to me and let's connect on a free call. I love helping women like you shift to owning your sexual power, reconnecting to your body, and finding your unique Radical Sex Witch within. Go to CarlaWainwright.com or find my contact info in the show notes. Let's co-create a life for you that is truly turned on.